Welcome to No Direction Beyond, your Starfinder news, reviews, and interviews podcast. I'm Alexander Agunas, No Direction's Everyman Gamer. I'm James. I used to write Code Switch. And I'm Vanessa Hoskins. And uh, today we're here with Portents of Peril. The last time we had an episode, uh, we reviewed the Precog class, which is all about seeing into the future. And we have seen the future and know uh, of all the horrible, terrible things that are going to be falling on your Starfinder campaign in the coming months. Isn't that right, Vanessa? Uh, Yes. All the terrible things, but they're going to be great and they're going to be glorious. Doom and gloom. Okay, like, all right. People talk about the sky is falling, right? Mm-hmm. hyperspace is literally falling the drift is literally falling <laughs> it's great uh everyone's gonna be so happy like did you ever realize that you actually don't want faster than light travel what you actually want is to like be ejected from reality while trying to travel faster than light it's perfect it's great <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to see stuff come out of there and just like <laughs> land everywhere just ruining whatever you had great that's a thing and so for those of you who are confused beyond recognition and any any reasonable level, uh, we are talking about the Drift mm-hmm. Crisis, a one-year massive event in the Starfinder mm-hmm. universe uh, that everyone, including you, dear listener, uh, or, or viewer, if you're watching us live on a Wednesday night, um, you can participate in your home game, even if you're like, well, you know, we homebrew the adventure and it's still in the, in the you know packed worlds but like you can still participate it's so good it's so cool mm-hmm. and i think you should because this is just such a huge event if you are listening to this and you are thinking i am a starfinder uh, actual play podcast and that would be really disruptive let me tell you do it it is memorable and huge and you want to be a part of it definitely but before we get too far started we no, should let's get come too clean far no, no, we got it. We got to come clean. The I, first thing we have to make sure to say is that Paizo gave us an early copy of Drift Crisis to share some of the deets with you. Well, yeah, uh, so that's what we're yeah. Here so for. yeah, that th- this book is not actually released. I think this is a May release. Is that right, Vanessa? That sounds mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So like this book is coming out a month after the recording date that we have. And I will announce now that we're going to have John Compton on the show for our next episode where he's we're going to interview him about Drift Crisis, too. So uh, you're going to have all the details that you need to know to prepare for the biggest I'm going to say the biggest uh, tabletop RPG event ever to happen in a living game, like across all of Paizo systems. Like there is not a book that has ever been published by Paizo that resembles what this book is. And I adore this book. I would Uh, go out on a limb and say there has not been a book published like this by any tabletop role-playing game. I would agree with you, but I was careful. I tried not to like make the the general the general statements that someone could prove me wrong. No, no, uh, I, but uh, <laughs> I want you to prove me. If you are listening to this and you hear my voice right now, and I am telling you, no other tabletop role playing game has done anything like this. I would like you to prove me wrong because I don't think it exists. This is singular. There are places that like, I don't know, Forgotten Realms updated their thing and time jumped and even Pathfinder, like when it went to second edition said, okay, all those adventure paths we had. Yeah, cool. They happen there in canon. And now we're moving forward. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milo V3 in chat says that World of Darkness is very big on doing this type on, of thing. On like one year I, events, like this is happening now. And then in a year from now, it's irrelevant. Like, I, 
I I think that as we share what Drift Crisis is, it's going to become very clear why this is not like a, a, something that uh, that World of Darkness has done. It's it's very different because it's like a lot of what I've seen of am I I'm going to admit to anybody who's listening, my experience with World of Darkness is very limited. But from my understanding of a lot of those types of products, they tend to be like oh, it's almost like an organized play special event, like a season type of yeah. thing. Where it's yeah, like, yeah, here's it's, this. It's bigger than yeah. That. Yeah, this I've never seen a book that was as ambitious as this book is. Uh, it's it's fantastic, yes. but uh, don't let us don't let us just try to convince you without any evidence. We're all about evidence based deets here on No Direction Beyond. Well, and uh, why, why don't we just like give them a, a hint of what we're talking? Should we show them the table of contents? I kind of yeah, feel I like think we, we should. should. I think right, we so, should. Yeah. So here's yeah. the table of contents, and as you can see in there. Uh, there's a whole section about uh, 50 pages on just the drift crisis, right? 50 pages mm-hmm. just talking about like, what is it? How it affects various areas. It goes into pack worlds of Skyrim, like all, all these, the Aslanti star empire, like how all of these different regions of space and uh, major spacefaring organizations in the galaxy in the galaxy are dealing with it. I just bit my tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> chapter two is chapter two is huge. Chapter two is almost hundred pages. Mm-hmm. And it it's just, huge. Just and it just talks about adventures. It's literally like, here is how this affects your adventures going on. Here's where like you might be. It, it, so much adventure information, and a lot of it are like broken down on individual uh, what you, like factions, right? Like political space organizations doing things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So or we're talking about like different other things in there. Yeah. There's a, yeah, 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 but it, it definitely breaks it down thematically um, in the universe. So it's it's talking about like what the corpse fleet's doing or um, what's going on on Absalom Station or refugees from Absalom Station. There's a section uh, uh, called Decoding the Storm. What? Decoding the yeah. Storm. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, this is great. I'm super excited. Uh, there's a lot of great sections in this book. Um yeah. And I think one of the things that's really helpful to know is like, this isn't just a setting book. There are player options. There's it's, it's like a crazy mix of setting and player options, but also like, it's almost like a setting hack. Like the, I guess the closest thing I can think of is like, this book would be like, if like Owen Casey Stevens doing like a really weird wild west or like shadow finder or something, but instead of being like a complete change to the setting, it adds something on top of it. Mm-hmm. It's I, I love, I'm so excited. Yeah, to talk no, about and there's this. even options about adapting other older material into this new canon. Which yeah. I think was very thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's something that we're that one of the things that we're going to touch on. Um, we have a list of topics from the book that we want to talk about. Uh, we got to pick what we wanted to do. So everything that we mm-hmm. present to you has been curated by the No Direction Beyond team for maximum uh, cohesiveness and enjoyment. And uh, I'm sure you'll hear a lot more about Drift Crisis next time we do our episode with John Compton as well. But uh, for in the meantime, we wanted to make sure to give you our thoughts and impressions uh, without uh, having to worry about uh, keeping uh, anybody else happy. So let's get ready. Let's dive in to the Drift Crisis. And the topic that we came up with that we really wanted to do, uh, one of the things that uh, Vanessa was going over in the Drift Crisis uh, chapter of the book, which is like the first chapter that you really dig into, is it's got like sections on how the Drift Crisis affects all of the major star systems in Starfinder, like both the pack worlds and near space. 
And we thought it would be a lot of fun if we picked a system and followed them throughout all of the major like set, set, uh, settings and like plot hooks and stuff. Uh, on, honestly, we could have done the Plaque Worlds because the Pack Worlds would have been super obvious, but we didn't do the Pack Worlds, did we, team? No, we don't do things easy. No, we don't. Why so would we do the Pact Worlds? Hold on, so let me switch, switch page. All right. So the topic that we're going to pick for is the Vescarium. We're going to go through the Vescarium and talk about how the book lays out how the information about the drift crisis and how it affects the Vescarium is really laid out. So in the section, one of the things that it does that's really helpful for GMs is that there's like a paragraph about how each planet within that system is dealing with the drift crisis. Uh, there is an overview about what the drift crisis is and some theories about uh, oh why it happened. So many theories. And yeah, guess there's what? a ton. I'm going to tell them a thing. Can I tell them a thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what? Never mind. I have a secret and you'll have to wait to listen to the end of the podcast. I will tell you in, a, in, in 20 minutes. In 20 minutes, I'll tell you the secret. So keep listening. Okay, so I'm going to keep talking about the the, yes. the scaly vesk people. Okay, talked cool. about scaly right. vesk. Yeah. So basically, for the Vescarium, uh, there's a, a paragraph that talks about things that have happened in the uh, as a result of the drift crisis in the Vescarium, and it goes from Vesk Prime, which is the homeworld of the Vesk, uh, to each of the planets. And there's even a write up for the Conqueror's Forge, which mm -hmm. is like the uh, I'm going to call it the not Absalom station of this of right. the system. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a giant space station that does a bunch of important things in that system, but it's definitely not yeah. Absalom station. No, I mean, it would be if Absol Station only made war material. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> Right, essentially. Uh, it's also a giant, they, it's, it also, like, if they took the Star Stone and, like, made it a gun. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it's not wrong. What, what is that mystery company? Blackstone, Blackrock, whatever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Lava Bean says it's great value Absalom Station. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if they only sold the hunting, the hunting section. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, so one of the things that's interesting is that each section uh, also talks about ways the system has changed. So if we're talking about the Vescarium, the first, the big thing that happened in the Vescarium is that the drift crash expelled a maelstrom of extraplanar material called the Maw. And it's great. I'm very excited to talk about the Maw. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Why I'm laughing, laughing so hard. No, no. Silver Druid and Shot said, I can't believe it's not Absalom Station. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> we we need a meme for this. So if any of you are like memers, uh, I need you to get like yes. that container and just make me a meme, please. Yes, we, uh, I will we will share it on the No Direction Discord. And uh, I will ask Ryan politely to put it up on the, the No Direction Twitter page if we get it made. So uh, oh, yeah. go ahead, fam. <laughs> see if you can do it. Um, <sighs> so essentially... What happened is that the uh, the idea behind the drift is that like you know whenever you open a portal into the drift by using a drift engine, parts of an, an extra plane or, or a planar area like collapse into it. So uh, one of the things that the drift crisis explains is that as part of the drift crisis happening, uh, extra planar material that has fallen into the drift suddenly gets vomited out all over the place. Mm -hmm. And in the Vescarium, there is now a giant like. Logi of Maelstrom, like the plane of utter chaos, just floating around the Vescarium. <laughs> yeah. I'm, sure they, I'm sure that the Vescarium, as like lawful and diligent and militant as they are about everything, loves a giant blob of chaos just moving around their system. Yeah. 
the, the, the paragraph actually calls out that it swirls around the Vesk seven and eight, like the icy planets at the very back. Mm-hmm. And it is, it, it, it makes drift travel and mundane travel so dangerous and unpredictable that it's considered impossible to travel through it. Uh, few people are actually willing to brave through to get to reach or escape those planets. So Vesk seven and eight are essentially cut off from the rest of the Vescarium now uh, in wake of the drift crisis, which is fascinating. Um, because on one hand, it's like, oh no, we're completely trapped. Like there's no way, there's no one coming in and there's no one coming out. But like, if you're one of the uh, the native aliens who live on Vesk seven or eight, you're like, oh, the empire can't dictate me anymore. It's time mm-hmm. for revolution. And like, that's going to be something that's very common throughout the Vescarium in general. Uh, the Vesk are very much trying to hold on to their, <laughs> their holdings essentially now that, basically faster than light travel is gone like okay i I guess like if you're gonna cause some problems on that planet it's now gonna take me a few days and gosh forbid you got to get to best seven or eight because like there's just now chaos swirling (laughs) all around it it's like a jacuzzi of chaos a jacuzzi of chaos (laughs) it's like somebody pooped in a jacuzzi and it's just floating around there you don't know where that you just know it's terrible oh Um, why would you I can't. Okay, mm. next next thing. Mm. Well, one of the things that's cool in Vesk Eight is that Vesk Eight actually specifically references uh, Starfinder Society scenarios from season three. Uh, during season three and four, the Starfinder Society got permission to do some adventuring in the Vescarium, mm-hmm. and uh, they revealed that there was a lot of bad stuff going on with High Despot uh, Jolaraz, the Frozen, on Vesk Eight. Uh, he's not very happy about that in the Drift Crisis. Um, <laughs> So he's basically like not having to deal with all of the investigations that the uh, the Vescarium have been putting in on him as a result of the Starfinder Society's actions because nobody can get in now because mm. you know they're 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 in the jacuzzi of doom. So right. uh, so uh, yeah so so basically uh, he had dreams of of succeeding from the Vesk Empire anyway and now he kind of sees his chance. So uh, there's a little bit on that in this section, too, to give you plot hooks. And that is something that this book is very strong in. Like, this book isn't a, doesn't dictate to you how to run your game or what to do. It basically just gives you ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, here's this thing. Now, here's how all of these different people are affected by it. At least right. this part of the book. Because later on, you get in the parts that are, like, the back part of an old adventure path where there's a paragraph about how to continue it. Uh, except that it's, like, a three- to six-page summary complete with mini bestiary and progression and timelines. That sounds like you want to talk about that, James. I will remember this in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Thank you very much. (laughs) Alex will remember that. Oh, I I just, I haven't played those games in so long. It just, yeah, but you've, but you've run a couple of them. Oh, no, no. We'll remember this is a walking dead game uh, meme. Oh, that's fair. Um, well, specifically, well, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking the Wolf Among Us, which is um, yeah, same company. Yeah, okay, okay. Telltale, yeah. mm-hmm. Telltale Games. Well, there you go. That's what I was like. Enough about that, Vanessa. Why don't you tell us a bit about Adventures and tell me all about the Patra and why they're the best? <laughs> I mean, Patra are the best, but specifically, uh, so we're gonna like go all the way to the back of the book. Um, and here's what I liked. There is a whole section on, they call it adventure paths in crisis. And it goes through and it talks about the APs in each one and how the drift crisis might affect it. 
Not only that, but it gives the GM ideas for how they might um, not only just introduce the drift crisis, but also get around the inherent problems in, in the drift crisis. Um, one of the ones that I got a little spoiled on uh, that because I'm playing it and I was like, wait, what? Um, is they have information, uh, let me see, where is it here? About fly, fly free or die. And I'm gonna show you some cool art from there. Ooh, that is the space truckers one. Uh, where you go up against a big corporation and decide to just be independent space truckers, uh, buying and selling goods and, and being little couriers and getting into adventures. As you can imagine, being space truckers, it is incredibly difficult to move across the galaxy when you cannot move across the galaxy. And like they always just assume, like most of the adventures do, that you use drift tra uh, travel. Well, here's the thing. There's a bunch of other types of travel out there. If you've been paying attention to the lore, the Zonkuthanites have like pain engines where they're like, we're going to torture you and that'll move us through space. Like, like what? How? Uh, um, or, you know, slip through the shadow plane where I'm sure nothing bad will happen there and then we'll come back. Uh, like there's all sorts of stuff. So some of the things in this book overall suggest using those types of travel, and that's essentially what this does. Um, so uh, again, quick, tiny spoiler for Fly Free or Die. Uh, they basically say, hey, look, you're flying around on this like super high tech ship anyway. Maybe there's a weird, another weird system that you didn't know what it did. And then when all of a sudden you're stuck in like, you know, the, the drift spits you out in the middle of some a desolate region of space, uh, you start looking through your ship to see what you can use. And you're like, what does this system do? And you find out it's a Zonkuthon pain drive or one of the other methods for faster than light travel that are available in the Starfinder system. Um, and they also have some other ideas, but I didn't read further. It is fantastic. They've got threefold conspiracy and how that changes. Devastation arc, Signal Screams, Dawn of Flame, Attack of the Swarm, all of them against the Aeon Throne, Dead Suns, they're mm -hmm. all in here. Um, so if, if there's an adventure path that you're like, well, you know, we're in the middle of it. I don't know how it ha happened on threefold conspiracy because we're dealing with like, uh, you know, grays and weird fungus that take over your brain. And you're like, yeah, this will tell you like, here's the parts in the adventure path where you have to travel or it might have mm -hmm. a change or, uh, locations that are like key locations that have something bad happen to them because of the drift crisis and, and how that might change those parts of the adventure path. It's, it's fantastic. I am, I am so utterly impressed that they thought about all these different ways things might go that I, mm, mm, I wish I was and, playing a Starfinder game just so I could use these. And one of the brilliant things about this book is that because it has like custom adventure plots for you, as well as modifications to existing adventure paths. And uh, from what I mentioned earlier, like that section in particular is the section that makes this book unlike anything I've ever seen in a tabletop RPG supplement before, because it literally is uh, like the best way I could describe it. And I'm sorry, I'm going to flash my nerd card here for a oh. minute, but it reminds me of the affect system for mythic pluses in world of warcraft where how it works is that you get this item and you slot it into the dungeon and it adds like hazards and things that you have to deal with it takes the dungeon you already know but adds a whole bunch of extra problems for you to deal with and that's essentially what the drift crisis is it's a whole right. bunch of extra problems for you to What's deal with problem? 
And that's and that's one of the things that's brilliant about this book. You can sit down to your players and say, we're going to do a custom adventure that's set during the Drift Crisis. You'll, uh, it's already happened. This is a Drift Crisis adventure. Or you can just sit your players down and say, we're going to play a good old-fashioned game of Attack of the Swarm. And oh yeah, by the way, uh, all of this interstellar travel is broken now. The Drift Crisis happened while you were out there. And yes. now you get to deal with it. And you just throw the, the curveball at your players. <laughs> it makes the book feel living. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. a living world book, in my opinion. It yeah. absolutely is. What are your thoughts, James? Uh, I thought I, I thought you were going to talk about Patriot Independence because that's something that you have a lot more chutzpah uh, on than I do. <laughs> that's true. I thought I, I thought we were talking about Patriot Independence too, but Vanessa's like, no, Adventure Path. I don't know the Adventure Path stuff. That's the part that I'm most excited about exactly. because I think just think they did such a good job of it. Like, okay, so they're like, there's some other really cool stuff in here. Mm -hmm. There's like dossiers and all of these very important TM people that have to do with the drift crisis in one way or the other. Either they caused mm -hmm. it, or they're trying to fix it, or they're trying to profit from it. Like whatever it is, uh, and yeah. you get these whole page write-ups and full body art of all these NPCs. It is very cool. I'm going to show you a couple. Ooh, those are pretty. Yeah. False Cassandra. Oh, wow. I wonder what that's about. So there's all this cool stuff that's in there, and it'll, it'll like show you. There's so many cool things in here. But to me, the part mm -hmm. that made it really special is by saying, hey, yes, we have an adventure path. Yes, we have a one shot. Yes, we have a Starfinder Society scenarios that talk about Drift Crisis. Yes, we're tying in all these adventures with this book we just came out. That's literally what Paizo does all the time. It's fine. Mm. What really got me excited is that they said, not only is this a, an awesome book about the setting, but we're going to tell you how to apply all of these events that are happening in all these other adventure paths <laughs> and, and modules and how to do it to your home game that you are running right now. Yes. And that and is the part that gets me. Yeah, it, it, it gives a lot of, especially if you're a GM, like James and I have a, a friend who GMs who has, has been known to run the same adventure path for multiple players, mm. uh, multiple groups of players. And if that's you, you are that type of GM, then like, you know, hey, maybe you're running uh, Dead Sons for the third time. And you're like, you know what, maybe this time I'm just going to break reality in the middle of book two. Enjoy. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to break reality the minute that they get to the, uh, the, the the cool place in book five, where now all of a sudden there are problems and they're stranded there. Enjoy. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do with this book, uh, depending on how you want to use it and run it. Um, uh, the Dead Sense one does give you a very specific time to break, uh, break it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I yeah. mean, I feel like it would have to be at that one part that I just said, it, right? Because otherwise... It, it, it has, yeah, exactly. Because otherwise the adventure doesn't work. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as, as, as you all can tell, James and I have played Dead Sons. James was my GM. And I'm like, wait, that wouldn't actually work if you broke this before nope. a specific point. Yeah, yeah, it's at that point. But it yeah. gives you all sorts of references for those things. Oh, man, that'd be terrible because then you're stuck there even after you save the universe. Uh, sort of. They, they, they want to give, give you ways around that and ways into it. So it, it's very well thought out because I read through it yeah. and was waiting for the jank and there wasn't any jank to make it make sense, you know? Yeah. And there you have it, folks. According to an experienced, uh, experienced GM who has run the adventure for our players, there is zero jank. There's no jank here whatsoever. <laughs> it is jank-free. <laughs> it is yeah. jankless. <laughs> Uh, Jinkless for uh, loving you. Oh, never mind. Exactly. That's a different. Okay. A different one. Yeah. I, I do want to go over the one adventure hook that they do have it. in here. Oh, yeah. there, I think that there's like 20 of them. Uh, Swarm <laughs> Salvation, which is just completely separate from the Attack of the Swarm Adventure Path, but you're oh. just on a planet that has Swarm and you're losing 
and the drift breaks, so they don't get reinforcements. So either you're somebody that comes in from a ship that gets pulled out of the drift onto the planet and is a survivor, or you're one of those survivors that suddenly has a fighting chance because stuff sometimes falls from the sky and your enemies aren't getting reinforcements. And it gives super detailed ways of how the swarm reacts to any encroachments on their territory and what their goals are uh, in this mini adventure path. And they do give you a level range. It goes from like level one to 10. It yeah. gives you uh, like how to get allies. It goes over like different phases of a conflict, which I think could be a stumbling block for people because a lot of people just go, well, I go kill the general. That's not how war works, especially not against <laughs> the hive mind. <laughs> uh, and there is a also a mini bestiary that goes over what enemies you might want to use for this that are important and i think by looking at the table of contents some people thought there's only one section for character options there's character options in these adventure seeds yeah they're all over the place it, there are character options throughout this book definitely uh one place with those character options uh, i'm going to cycle back all the way to patra independence like we talked about like five minutes ago oh jeez, uh, are we of, still on of, that Oh, yeah, we got the package of independence, just knocking cups of water off the table. Listen, I'm going to take over on that one then, since we're all skipping these poor cat people. Um, <laughs> I'm so, doing it just uh, to annoy you, you know. That's fair. I'm going to take the lead. Uh, Alex <laughs> has taken the wheel of Patra Independence because one of the one of the adventure paths that goes with our Vescarium theme that we talked about earlier is the Patra Independence plot hook, which is basically, hey, the Vescarium can't really supply any of these outposts on this island because travel time is wonky and now there is a horrific mall of chaotic energy in the Vescarium. Uh, like like uh, Swarm Salvation, this has a level range. This one is level 3 to 12. Uh, it, the its primary takes place on Vesk 6. So it talks a little bit about uh, basically the two sides of this conflict, the Vesk versus the Patra, what everybody's doing and what types of adventures you could do there. Uh, there are some where it's like, hey, you want to go storm uh, this Vesk holding and beat them up so that you're, the Patra can break free? Cool. Uh, th also, there's just some weird stuff. Like the Patra aren't the only sapient creatures on the, their home world. There are slimes that, that basically steal people and like infest them as parasites. Uh, and you have to deal with those because now there's nobody that can help you get them out they become a much bigger problem mm -hmm. uh and there's a section on like wh wh what to do what sort of goals you should have and there's also a really nice list of patra weapons called uh musical weaponry there i know is the musical yeah. weaponry there's the chinari singing coil uh which is essentially a spike chain but on the edge is a flail that when it's swung around air goes through it and it makes a pretty singing sound I thought that was uh, the, the other... isn't that the singing star Oh yeah, that is all right. That's a singing star. That's the okay, one. Yeah. That's a two-handed one. So yeah, the singing star is like you swing it around. It's got the star on the edge of a chain. And as you swing yeah. the star around, air goes through it and makes pretty music. It's almost like a um, meteor hammer or something, but more spiky. Yeah, it's a meteor hammer. You want to show the art for what the patcher wielding that item looks like? Because yeah, that's on page. That no, I got it. I'll throw it up there, but I'll throw it up there again. That's yeah, the singing star. It's it. very cool. You just swing that yeah. around and make fine music. I'm sure there yeah, are like yeah. acrobat uh, acrobat musicians that just mm. do a lot of fun things with them and make like you know cool right. songs. Right, where Patra Circus Soleil must be hype. Oh, super <laughs> hype. Super hype. Uh, um, and then also you have the singing coil, which I mentioned earlier. It's actually, I'm completely wrong. It's basically you take a Tesla style laser gun uh, mm -hmm. and you make it sing when it shoots weapons. Oh, it's it, like a theremin, yeah. like a murder yeah. theremin. Yeah, it's a murder, murder theremin. theremin. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it is. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, the yeah. murder theremin is a line weapon with the unwieldy and profession musician quality. So if you have enough ranks in profession musician, you're just proficient with it enjoy 
Wait, Dabber uh, Raccoon says dubstep guns? <laughs> you the should, dubstep guns. You should absolutely take these, reskin them as dubstep guns, and give them to like dwarves or something. <laughs> listen, and listen, anybody can wield the dubstep gun. It just matters if you've got the moves. Oh, oh but only one of them can handle the base unencumbered. That's right. That, okay, fair. I I don't have a I don't have a good comeback for that. You win, James. Um. And then if you're using the singing star, that has the analog disarm reach uh, at trip and profession musician abilities. So like these are <laughs> well-balanced, really good weapons. Yeah, that's what it does. It's, it, 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 it means it means if you have enough enough ranks that your ranks equal the yeah. item's level, they're proficient with it. It's great. Right. Yes, I know. Yeah, but I that's know. just, it's so silly. It's just so freaking silly. I love There's it. There's a scarf, I think, in Armory that has profession dancer. Yeah, you dance real I, good in the blade. <laughs> Yeah, you just twirl your little thing and it kills people. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the best floor routine ever. Yeah, it's great. I, oh. I, you know, I, I hope just just keep laughing now because uh, Asai oh. is definitely going to buy the guitar gun from the the book that this quality came in. Oh <laughs> no! I'm just thinking about uh, those fools uh, who want to play like you know us versus strawberry machine cake or something, and it's like oh we're we're a you know I don't know a, a gnomish grunge rock band or something and they all have these freaking musical weapons man i know it's almost like if somebody wanted to make a, a scene in an adventure path where the players were in a bar and there was a band on stage and they had to fight the band like all of a sudden now there are three weapons that can do that yeah there's a bunch like you could make a really flavorful it'd be great oh my this is a weapon from scott pilgrim uh what is it the first song at the uh first movie theater was the first song kills the audience oh gosh uh-huh Mm. sorry nerd stuff oh my gosh Too no funny. no it's good stuff first song kills the audience boom 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 i love that movie it's such a good movie <laughs> i'm sorry yeah love it uh, being says <laughs> it would be a battle of the bands so I'm like absolutely it would definitely a literal battle um, of the bands absolutely it's so good uh i also really liked man the other one that i really thought was really cool was the cracks in the cosmos uh storyline that one was hard to understand i read that and my eyes crossed a little bit it's because it's so big brain Mm -hmm. okay what is it uh well you see basically there are like warp lines that appear all over uh reality because essentially when you use the drift the planes fall apart and it kind of goes off the idea that because the planes have been falling apart this means like now because of the drift crisis there are literal cracks in reality like mm-hmm. and it means like there are places where you can just kind of like shimmy on it i'm doing the worm nobody can see this if you're listening later but if you're yeah. live you get to it's watch great. me it's do the worm. it's great radio no it's terrible radio um uh they call it uh basically it's uh they call it like planar bleed is the term they use in the whole thing where like the, the planes are just kind of melshing together. And the entire storyline is about uh, the church of Elortiu, you know, uh, the Archimandum, the Archanimarium and the Starfinder society, just trying to like learn what these things are. And it's basically like, I, I don't want to spoil the plot hook because it does tell you why what's happening. And it's not actually just because of the drift crisis. Mm. Uh, someone's trying to take advantage of it. Yeah, and uh, they, they right. give you a, yeah, and they give you a couple of different choices that are pretty cool. Uh, and it's overall really cool. But what I like about it is that this section has three new spells. And you know me, I love a good new spell. Uh, and there's a spell what? called, there's a, I love a good new spell. And there's a, there's a spell called Dimensional Crash. And I yes. like it. Oh, that's a fun one. 
Yeah, you dimension door to a place. Yes. Uh, you take you know, damage. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You instantly yeah. transfer yourself from your current location to a spot within range that's occupied by another creature, uh, otherwise function dimension door. You take some damage and they take more damage. Uh, reflex save for half. And you attempt a bull rush. Yeah. Yeah. So you like, then, no, it's so good. It's like a, a unstable teleport, a spell I wrote but, but a every, long time ago. What? But every five feet you bull rush them, they take more damage. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, so you explode there and then put they get pushed away. And the farther they go, the more damage. It's it's hilarious. Oh, I love it. That it's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. So there's there's also a spell called uh, After Image. Uh, all these spells have something to do with teleportation or planar travel. So yeah. After Image is that you teleport from your current location to another spot within reach. Uh, and then you leave behind an image of yourself. It's basically misdirection, but with a teleport component. That it's very cool. cool. Yes. I like them. I love um, teleporting spells. They're so fun. Yes. Uh, it is important to note that the image you leave behind very clearly isn't you. But uh, it's also <laughs> like, it's also like, it's bring value you. Yeah, it's 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 like the the um gosh it's yeah that's it's true value you that's, yeah, that's a true value <laughs> true value you um it's vanessa uh, Dab- and now it's kirkland vanessa yeah uh <laughs> dabber raccoon says uh as long as rovagog doesn't show up i'm mm. good uh man sure. now I get the uh, now feeling he showed me... up and left before anything else happened. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so I'm not going to tell you anything other than the fact that I just searched this document for Rovagug, and it appears once in this book. <gasps> Hold on. Laughing. <laughs> Show me Rovagug. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh, are, are oh. You, you, you're not showing it on screen, right? You got to no. give people a reason to buy it. Yeah, the no, word Rovagug. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm reading this. I'm, I'm skimming the paragraph now. <gasps> this book is dense, by the way. I, I yeah. we didn't really lead off of this. This is a book that will take you a while to read because it oh is a, a weird mix <gasps> of uh, yeah. lore, mechanics, and like setting explanation. Yes. It's not, it's not boisterous. It's not like reading a textbook, but it is just dense because they will reference things that come in earlier chapters. Oh, yeah. But those earlier chapters will be written in the character of those chapters. So there's an explanation to something later mm-hmm. on in the book. And it says, oh, we explained this all the way in the beginning. Yes. Uh, but we didn't tell yeah. you what the answer was in the beginning. Yeah. One of the things that's important to know is that in the beginning, they they treat the drift and why it's happening in character, where like they have theories and speculations. But mm-hmm. then in chapter two, they tell you which one of them is real and which one is the canon reason in universe why the that drift was crisis. the thing I was going to tell everyone in about 10 minutes, but that's OK. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, they have oh, all no. these. Yeah, I know they have all these theories. And then in the book, in a different part of the book, they're like, hey, so, hey, hey, you want to know the secret? I'll well, tell, I'll tell you the secret. Well, this the, is what the, caused the drift. This is what caused it. Go check it out. And they give you a page reference and you go back and yeah. it's one of the many theories and you're like, oh, holy crap, that theory was correct. It's very cool. Yeah. So the thing to keep in mind is that like the book also tells you that as the GM, you get to decide what's true in your game. That is also and true. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. so like basically what's going to happen is I imagine going beyond this book, they're probably going to use the canon one that they give at, for all other products and their setting assumptions, kind of like how when Pathfinder 2nd Edition came out, they canonized endings for every adventure path. Right. Um, so like this book has a canon ending and it already tells you which one is it, but you could also <laughs> just throw it away. Like uh, when they announced the drift crash, like forever ago, uh, I came up with a canon reason and incorporated it into my homebrew game. And I was like, yeah, this is a thing that's totally going to happen i don't know anything about this because this book hasn't come out yet but uh i know that i know enough from john compton talking really candidly about it on uh paizo interviews that i can i can just pretend and then you guys just won't know it'll be fine it's good mm-hmm. <laughs> uh there is another uh one of the hooks that i just like uh as an idea is it's called uh drift in reverse uh it is just things coming out of the drift that have gone in mm-hmm. and potentially manipulating that and mm-hmm. on purpose or by accident and then having to deal with oh man this is Cincinnati, Ohio, but we just have like on one hand, there's Abaddon, like Abaddon Walmart over there. And then we also mm-hmm. have uh, Nirvana Quiznos. And the area between those is just a no man's land, but the rest of the city still has to be Cincinnati. That's that's yeah. fair. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, 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 and is good. Well, yeah, no, it, it's great. It plays off this idea that the drift has been like sucking in little tiny bits of all these other planes as people enter the drift, and mm-hmm. which sounds really dangerous. And from the beginning of the setting, when they announced Starfinder and we're reading how fast is in light travel works, I thought that is that is really uh, that sounds like a long term bad idea. Like short term, you're like, sure, whatever. There's a Baylor now in the drift. Eh, it probably won't bother you. Um <laughs> But like now, years later, we're dealing with drift crisis, and so for years, for decades, uh, we centuries. you know pe- centuries, millennia, millennia, people have been like <laughs> traveling into the drift and, and pulling little bits and pieces, and now that the drift is is literally gone, uh, it's like it just yeah, just vomits all this crap out all over the universe and like you don't know what you're gonna get it's a box of chocolates that you do not want because they are all cherry um <laughs> okay that that was maybe the rudest thing i've heard in a while <laughs> I, I, I talked i talked about a jacuzzi filled with poop earlier <laughs> character assassination on my cherry chocolates god the cherry oh, chocolates are so good <laughs> what who are my co-hosts? How? How can you like those? What People world am taste. I in? Wait, did I go into the drift and come out in like the alternate universe? Next, next you're going to tell me you don't like pineapple on pizza when pineapple is the perfect like uh, sweet a counterpart to the saltiness of the pizza's cheese. I mean, pineapple's okay on pizza. I love pineapple on pizza. So <laughs> I just today changed my Twitter title to a, a pineapple emoji and a tw- and a pizza emoji just to stand pineapple on pizza. <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, so the adventure does also go off. Like, what if you had that uh, Abaddon Walmart and Nirvana Quiznos for like 50 years, potentially? Like what happens to the things that are around there from the material plane that suddenly get infused with planar energy? So mm-hmm. it's 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 very well thought out in how this impacts instead of it just being this is a dumb big war now just like everything can be but it it, it <laughs> does well with the subtlety of how you would like live with that because yeah. the Abaddon forces don't have the ability to go back or do anything and neither does Nirvana so you, you would end up in like just a situation of live and let live because the people that have the resources are the people that have the planes on there you know mm-hmm. definitely uh, I think another thing that's really fun about this book is like. 
it talks a lot of the different sections like i guess i was reading through a lot of the planets because I, I i admit i was curious i too really wanted to know uh how the berneri homeworld was dealing with this problem or you know mm-hmm. what ex- what exactly do those poor little uh the 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 mollusk people who wear the happy masks i don't know if they're actually happy masks we have a player yeah the embry we have a we have a friend in our starfinder society who only wears happy face masks to try to be less concerning to uh to more fleshy people but regardless of that like it talks about how all of them deal with it and one of the things you realize very quickly is that like in a in a drift world a lot of these planets just kind of hyper specialized on like one product that their planet yeah. is really creating. And now all of a sudden you're like, well, I guess you can't do drift travel anymore. So you're like, you're on the chair planet stuck with chairs and don't have food. <laughs> or, or if you're the hell slugs, you, you, you have a uh, hell magic that gets you through. Yeah. Right. Please Asmodeus fill my belly with hate. <laughs> but I mean, I think places like, Oh God. I was to say, I think Alex makes a really good point that is relatable to our modern world because we have, you know, our global shipping crisis uh, caused by all sorts of things that have happened. But basically, we we've learned that it's like, uh, you know, we harvest a resource in one country and one continent, even send it to another continent to get processed, and then send it back to the first continent or even a third continent to get consumed, and it's just what happens when all these supply lines are gone because the drift drift isn't there and like alex said oh we don't really make food on our planet so i guess we're all gonna starve but we have lots of basketballs tons of we just make basketballs (laughs) on this world this is what this colony does you know they didn't make any adventure seeds that are just the evergreen stuck inside the drift sideways so nobody can get by (laughs) (laughs) they should have they should have that was a missed opportunity oh my god I love it, man. What 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 is the uh, the the cryptocurrency planet going to do? They have nothing but, but <laughs> oh, they just have apes. They're so hungry. <laughs> oh my god! But it was so much. It's an investment. Somebody messes my stomach. Some of this food. <laughs> oh my god! We're all right. Well. Mark, I can okay. believe I own this not food. It's fine. What what do you mean I can't use my 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 ape to buy the last cheeseburger on this planet? Do you know how much this is worth? What do you mean you don't take this this crypto protocol? This is nonsense. <laughs> oh my god. Uh but yeah, so this 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 book is a lot of fun, um, but I think we talked a lot about a lot about the uh, the cool setting info. Let's talk a little bit more about the player options because in addition to sprinkling player options throughout each of the planets, uh, there's a good section where it's just like, hey, hey kid, you want some class options, and it gives you some. Um, They're all through here though. I I you know what my my problem is like that NFT gag was so funny. That like my body is just like not processing what it needs to process anymore. <laughs> like I I don't yeah. I, I I kid you not. Like I'm sitting here looking through the book trying to remember where the player options are, and like too funny. My brain has taken all of that information and dumped it. Hey, in in the spirit of the chaos that is this show, uh, remember how you were talking about like just standing there and all of a sudden a bunch of crap comes flying out of the sky and you're like, uh, this is from a different dimension. Uh, there's yeah. a whole section of secret treasures uh, that has just just tables upon tables of stuff that just might appear out of out oh of God. wherever because you know 
reality broke and then bounce back. Uh, it's so good. I, I want a random table that tells me what types of things I can drop on Dustin's head. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a hard, hard drive with bootleg copies of Notorious Abyssal Head concert where dozens oh were killed God. in a riot. Oh, geez, there's a snuff film. Oh, I like it's about all the bands. It's, yeah, t- talk about it. It's just really cool. There's like just so much good stuff in here. There uh, is. It's This book is wonderful. Uh, um, gosh, I... Like, like I said earlier, usually I try to find something where I can offer some constructive criticism because uh, I like being able to give some feedback on stuff that might yeah. need changing. But like, I don't even know what I would like. This book is just so different from anything Paizo has ever published. And I'm, I'm going to be bold and anybody in chat or any of my co-hosts are free to disagree with me. But I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that this is the best setting book Paizo has ever put out. Uh, I think that there are some Lost Omen books that come close. Grand Bazaar is phenomenal, for example. Yep. So mm-hmm, is Legends. Mm-hmm. But like... Wangi Expanse book is amazing. Yeah, I, I think this one is the best. Like, this is, this is my the opinion. best Starfinder one by by far. Um, it just has so much good information. There's also some fun gear. There's something called a Mood Goo Emitter. I'm not going to tell mood you what it does. Goo. I want to just like, let that sit with you. I'm going to show you the page really quick. And if you're you're mm. fast about it, you can see that's a, there on the left. It's like a little gun with a little canister coming out. It's all purpley. And it's a mm. mood goo emitter. I, what? There's so many cool things in here. So oh, cool. I found it. I found the player options. All right. Yeah, I'm happy now. Okay, yeah. ready, ready. I'm, right. I'm going to... I'm going to say two things exist, and then I'm sure. going to go into detail on a third. Okay. The first thing is there is a drift mystic connection. If you're mystic, yes. if you are, if you're, if you are connected to the drift, oh it gosh. exists, that and was it's a, very cool. That was really fun to read. That was really awesome. There is a drift crisis precog anger, implying that this event causes temporal uh, abnormalities that you are bound to and causes paradoxes, and that you can shift and manipulate. Love yes. it. Yes. Um, also, there is an entire spread of precog uh, temporal anomalies, which is like their, their, their cool thing. They pick every level. And the one that I love is at 14th level. It's got the best piece of art, not the best, but one of the best pieces of art in this book. Oh, it's called Release the Hounds. And it's called Release the Hounds because you summon a bunch of hounds of Tindalos to maul your foes with it. That is so amazing amazing and it's got the art where they literally appear from nowhere and you have a precog who's just pointing and the hounds are coming out to eat them all it's so good i love it um they get bonuses like it it starts off with like a base like you actually summon the hound of tindalos monster from alien archive 3 and as you level up they gain bonuses to stuff yeah and like they get stronger like it scales them it scales them yeah it is also just such a oh, oh it's such a cool and creepy ability because like hounds of, hounds of Tindalos are like super freaky and scary and the ability yeah. to just be like oh my character just makes them appear why not you know how you said they're super freaky and scary uh, right right yeah are they not no no they are but every time you use that temporal anomaly there is a five percent chance that you accidentally summon a thing from beyond time the monster called a, the thing from beyond time instead and it comes out and tries to kill you. So basically you, you roll the D20 and if you roll the one, that's a, that's a drawback. That's a drawback. Yeah. Um, no, listen, listen, I don't care if, if I summon the thing from beyond time, that is future me problem. Me's problem. I am a precog. I deal with that every day. <laughs> it's fine. Good stuff. 
Uh, there is some really cool stuff in here for uh, for witch warpers as well. Um, oh, shoot, where is it? There it is. Uh, alternate class feature called Plunderer of Worlds. Oh my gosh, I love that name. It's so good. You'll have to read about it. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I just want you to sit with that Plunderer of Worlds. It's just very cool. Um, and, oh, well, it, James is, by the way, uh, James's power went out. So he dropped from the stream, but that's okay because oh. we love him. Uh, but I thought I should mention it because it sounds like he may not be coming back anytime soon. So literally, uh, the, he tried the to use the, he <laughs> yeah. tried to use the hounds of Tindalos and he got the five. The, I, he's dealing with a thing from beyond time now. Sorry, James. Sorry about the thing beyond time. I think he, he is just, in chat though. Yeah, he is in chat. So that's cool. Uh, and you should be too. If you are listening to this on a podcast and you are like, what is happening in chat? That sounds like a lot of fun. You should join us uh, on Wednesday nights. We do a show once a month uh, for No Direction Beyond and you should join us and then you can chat and you can ask us questions and you can make silly jokes that we talk about on air. Yes, absolutely. We we do. Hey. Lots did of you, jokes. Did you ever did you ever think that a Vanguard needed a new aspect called indeterminacy, where it's like, who knows what's happening with random subatomic particles? Uh, I you know what I think the Vanguard needs all the cool stuff it can get. Uh, mm -hmm. So I am happy to see that here. You know, one of the things I really like about this, uh, I'm going to say this very briefly, sure. is like most of the classes that they picked, there are just as many newer ones as old ones, because not every class gets something in here. Yeah, there's but no like, fighter options. Yeah, but like there's a mystic connection because I think being connected to the drift makes sense. Oh, yeah, uh, there's, no, so cool. there's a precog anchor. Like that's amazingly cool. Like very flavorful. Love it. There's solarian revelations because obviously this is a problem with space. Right. And time. Yeah. That makes and so a lot that's of sense. A, that's a very solarian thing. There's technomagic mancer magic hacks using uh, the, uh, the, the, the degradation of the planes and abusing them with your technomancy in order to change reality source code yeah. a little bit more. And on that sort of, of like teleportation theme, there's teleport grenade for technomancers. There is. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. Uh, one of my favorite ones is shrink shot because like mm. if someone is, you could spend a, a spell, a, a point and then have someone's range increment uh, for a number of rounds based on the spell slot you do. You just be like, ah, your gun is small. Shoot smaller bullets now. You gotta get closer to me, nerd. Great that's, stuff. That's hilarious. Um, I also cause, like that. You cause gun shrinkage. <laughs> um i summon the power of cold water <laughs> oh no um Gabarak yeah, can but, ask if there's any spells to fix this mess do you mean the entire drift crisis problem so you're not yeah i, I you're, <laughs> you're not gonna really see like specific spells that will solve all your problems but there's a lot of spells in this book and most of them honestly are in the different sections about the adventures like the ones we mentioned before um there's like the the cool one where like the teleporting spells in the cracks in the cosmos one and there are a couple other spells hidden throughout here too every adventure has some player options that go with it your mouse yeah. is very scrolly Oh no, that's because I'm I'm desperately trying to find if there are more spells that I can give uh, yeah. because I want to give him all it's the all really the things. Loud. All right, yeah. I'll fix yeah. it. Okay, but yeah, but there are yeah, there's spells throughout here. There's weapons throughout here. It's not just the one section. It's not like, well, there's eight pages of stuff and that's it. There's so many cool things. And there's cool mm -hmm. things in here if you just want to know about the world without spoiling yourself, right? Because unless you are playing specifically the drift 
uh, crisis adventure paths, which have their own bits of information, you're fine. The only thing don't read is the actual answer. If you don't read the actual answer, mm-hmm. you'll be cool. Um, or if you know that your GM is not going to pick that one and going to pick a different one for your group, that is also cool. Just check with them. Uh, but for players, uh, definitely read all the theories. Like, why not? If you're a if you're a Starfinder like if you're a character in the Starfinder universe and this happens, you can bet there's going to be like programs and radio shows and and gossip over you know tea, all sorts of stuff where people are talking about these various like. Well, I heard it was this. Uh, so definitely read that. It, it it's very cool. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, V, we're coming up at 9.54-ish uh, right now, which means yeah, we uh, we're getting ready to, to sign off. Is there anything more that you want to share about this book with people um, and friends? One last thing, and I think this is appropriate sure. for the very end of the show. There is a section okay. called Crisis Conclusions that basically talks about how we're going to fix this mess, like how, how we're going to end it, how we're going to move on. Like what is the aftermath when the drift crisis is over and we're moving on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's there. Uh, oh, oh, Dabber Raccoon wants to know the secret. Alex grabbed it ahead of me. So he had been talking about the, all of the different theories. And I was going to tell you my, my secret thing I was going to tell you is that the, the actual, reason for the drift crisis is in this book and it is called out uh actually in a sidebar that says hey do you want to know the secret here is it here's the true reason again based on paizo lore not necessarily on what your home gm decides to do because they could they could pick any of them mm-hmm. um but here's the canonical reason that the drift crisis happened and i think that is super cool as soon as i saw it i was like yes i want to know all the secrets thank you I will give them something more then so they don't feel cheated by me okay. uh, messing up your reveal. That's Page right. 168 starts listing stat blocks for the reason. And there's lots of monsters that you can use if you actually want to use the canon reason. Oh, yeah. So I won't show it. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a bunch of monsters in here. There's a bunch of monsters for a lot of things. There's actually one I did want to show. Hold on. Hold on. This is the last thing we'll do. Uh, so so we've got like we've got skittermanders and everyone loves those. Those are cuddly little guys. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. And what what are those big scary ones? They're like they're like the the predator ones, Stridermanders. Oh yeah, those are scary. Um, those are not that scary. Once you see <laughs> this, this this is the worst. You ready? Here we go. I'm gonna show art to those watching live or watching on a vod. Protomander. Oh it no, is, you're not showing them the Protomander. The Protomander. It's hitty. It's it's the Cerberus of 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 Manders. Uh, it is horrible did you um, did you read the lore about what that is i i i skimmed it um mostly okay, i was just so. i was looking okay you know like skittermanders have those like mouth things coming out of their stomach this has like four of them it's right and it has four of them because what happened is when the drift crisis opened up uh it swallowed a world of 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 like a chunk of like skittermanders and stridermanders and stuff and basically a protomander is a skittermander and a stridermander uh metaphysically fused together with a protean one of the chaotic outsiders of the maelstrom oh my gosh so like they are four like you have one head that is a skittermander one that is a stridermander and one that is a protean it's just a horrible being of helpful chaos but instead of helping you it helps itself to your blood and internal organs yep it is chaotic evil it is cr8 and it is terrifying it is the worst of the manders yes all right it is 
100% the worst of the Manders. He's 100% the worst of the Manders. All right. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how this book uh, is received. And I really hope that folks uh, implement it because it is just very cool. And I can imagine like all of the fun stories that we tell, right? Because it's like, well, if I'm in a Starfinder game and you're in a Starfinder game, but they're not the same game, we can compare notes as players or GMs and be like, oh, what happened in your game? Oh, this happened and we did this. Oh, that's really cool. In our game, we were actually in the middle of like travel episodes. So we just got dumped into space and we had to do all this stuff and flag people down. And then like they boarded our ship and we had to fight them off. And we like, it's just like the stories that come out of this are just going to be fantastic. And to me, like that's, that's why I play games, right? That's why I play role-playing games is the stories. I just love the stories. Um, and I think that this is going to incite a lot of very memorable stories for a lot of people who are going to be like, remember when the drift crashed, uh, drift crashed and like had a big old crisis and, and freaked everyone out. Uh, and that's, to me, that's, whew, that's Super why I love cool. this book. It's so good. Uh, I highly recommend it. Make sure that you pick it up when it comes live. And if you want to know more about it from the mouth of uh, one of the designers who worked on it, yes. make sure you join us next time on No Direction Beyond because we will have John Compton available for our interview, mm -hmm. uh, which is really weird because we usually don't tell you what our episodes are going to be like weeks in advance. But here you go. That's what it is. Make sure you come watch us live on that night. Check out our discords that we will tell you everything that happens ever for always. <laughs> <laughs> We're precogs, right? We can do that. I can promise that, right? Yeah. I can't promise that. No, we can't. Oh. We can promise. Well, I mean, we can. Oh. We can. We we can't promise it, but we can tell people to expect it. Something might happen. We don't know. Yes. Well, um, I guess. Uh, thanks for joining us for yeah. No Direction Beyond. Uh, make sure that uh you follow us on Discord and also on Patreon because it's through the help of our wonderful viewers like all y'all that we are able to continue doing all of this super great content both for Starfinder and for Pathfinder. Uh, usually James plugs the Discord in our chat and James got eaten by the Drift Crisis. So he did. Uh, that's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, check out our website, nodirectionpodcast.com. There's a link to our Discord there. Uh, join where the chillest place on discord uh, no drama all the chill lots of great discussions for all the finder games and essence 22 now Ooh, essence 20 all right, all right. but uh until next time i'm alexander agunas uh i am vanessa hoskins and this floating ghost next to me uh used to be james who wrote code switch yeah he did yeah he wrote code switch and now reality has taken him just like his website. Uh, but until next time, uh, go beyond with no direction. <laughs>